1: Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit YourDiscipleshipCoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael.
0: Well, hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. As I get started today, I want to pause and just say thank you so much for listening in and being part of the Your Discipleship Coach audience. You are important to me, and I hope that this show continues to advance your thinking and be an encouragement to your faith. We're in the middle of a four-part mini-series. This is episode number three, and we're talking about the critical journey. And to sort of set the stage for this episode, if you've missed the first two, you can go back and listen to them, or you're jumping in really at a great place. People from all different backgrounds in life have opportunity to engage with the Lord. And and when this happens, people from all different backgrounds begin what some call the Christian walk. So it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your background. No one is exempt from an opportunity to begin walking with Christ or enjoying a Christian walk. Well, what's interesting is our Christian walk is unique from person to person to person. Yet, in its uniqueness, there are stages of our faith that we all do or can experience. So this mini-series is talking us through the critical journey of our faith, and we're looking at different stages of our faith journey. Now, the content of this mini-series is really rooted in a book written by Hagberg and Gulich. And they wrote a book called The Critical Journey. Inside this book, there are six stages of a critical journey of faith. And there really are seven categories inside these six stages. And we've talked about some of them. We've talked about stage one, recognition of God, stage two, the life of discipleship, stage three, the productive life. So we continue the mini series today talking about stage four. The Journey Inward. And in the second half of the show, we're going to unfold a little deeper stage four as we talk about the wall. So in itself, the wall is almost its own stage, but it lives in stage number four. Now, as a thought, these faith stages are not designed to be a formula for spiritual growth. It's not, let me work through stage one, stage two, stage three, all the way through stage six and then end up as a spiritually mature Christian. That's really not the goal of these phases and stages. These stages are better a responsible recognition of a discipleship process that most people or either do or can experience. So the win of talking through this kind of assessment is that we can identify or understand where we are in our walk with Jesus, and we can continue to develop that relationship. So as you're listening in today to Your Discipleship Coach, we're talking about the critical journey. Now, episode one of The Critical Journey introduced the whole thought, and we talked about the recognition of God, where we become enamored or we stand in awe of who God is and oftentimes surrender ourselves to the Lord. In episode 2 we talked about the life of discipleship and this is where we begin to grow and develop and and interact with the Lord and then we also talked in episode 2 about a productive life where we begin contributing and serving and 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 uh, walking in the gifts that God has given us. This episode we're talking through stage number 4 which is called the inward journey. Now this is a unique stage in that it fosters difficulty in our life. I want you to think about the different ways you may interact with stage number four. And not everyone actually gets to the stage. Things start to look differently here. But there are some people I'll say that I know who have entered the phase of their life where they're earning a graduate degree. And in their studies and in their research, they begin to ask questions about life, about themselves themselves about spirituality, philosophies, and other modes of thought. And they're asking questions in arenas and territories in which they've never asked questions before. And and during those times of questions, they begin to question the validity of the faith that they've experienced to that point. And so they can become engaged in stage four, the journey inward. Oftentimes, maybe not earning a graduate degree, but on the heels of a tragedy in life where people are curious about enduring a tragedy. They wonder, how is all this happening to me? And and they begin to be introspective and reflect on their lives. Or maybe one of the more classic uh, people that enter stage four would be a young adult that has lived in a Christian home all of their life. And they walk into leading their own life, and they begin to be curious about what they believe. See, stage four of the critical journey evaluates the spiritual mental models that we've developed in the first three stages. I can remember all the way back when I was only seven years old, my best friend, also seven years old, uh, this is just a tragic story, uh, was in the bathtub and for some reason there was an electric hairdryer there and he went to dry his toys and tragedy struck and he lost his life doing that. And I remember being so shaken as a seven-year-old at the loss of my friend. But I think about, about his parents and what they endured. And and it was at that time that I know that they became introspective as they, they navigated that tragedy and started to, to question even things in their own life and in their own faith. I also remember as a teenager that, that my dad actually was working in a, a, a mill and in, in the eighties and he got laid off. And during that time, You know, we would even think and pray about God providing for us, but we found ourselves wondering how it would happen, and quite frankly, if it would happen at all. See, in stage four of the spiritual journey, the critical journey, many of the certainties and securities that we've developed in the previous stages begin to unravel. And we're confronted with doubts. We're confronted with questions. And and these doubts and these questions can lead us actually to a crisis in faith. And we're going to talk about that in the second half of the show as we talk about the wall. Some of the characteristics, though, of stage four would be that the things that have worked in the past are not working anymore in our lives. You might say, I've prayed and I've asked God for clarity, but he hasn't given it to me. You might say, I've I've sought the Lord and asked for a job upon graduating from college, but he didn't give me one. It's at this stage that we don't necessarily seek God for answers, but for direction. Something looks and feels like it's, we're losing our faith at this stage. And what cages us at this stage, what what keeps us here from moving forward. See, if we always question everything and we're consumed by self-assessment, it might be a sign that we're caged at this stage. This stage, stage four of the critical journey can immobilize us where we just stop moving we ask questions like why is this happening to me and although things happen to people that are just like us we are curious as to why maybe a tragedy like my father left our home and now we're a we're we're abandoned by him and we're in a single family home why is it happening to me or maybe you wonder, why is it that my sister, the one that's closest to me, is hospitalized because she was cutting herself? Or, or maybe it's personal. You say, why is it that I'm the one that was accused of something at work that I didn't even do? And it's at these times that our faith begins to waver, and we wonder if God is paying attention to us. And, and, and we say, who am I? Am I good enough? And then we respond, some of the common responses are, are fight, flight, and freeze. And, and really, there's a fourth emerging fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. See, in a fight or flight mode, your brain is preparing for a physical response. Do I want to engage and fight? Or do I want to go away? And we know that, that freeze is another response. And this is what happens oftentimes at this stage is we just freeze up. There's one more thought. It's fawn. Fawn is a response that's used when fight, flight, or freeze is, is unsuccessful. To fawn is to respond, um, and, and, and we are over-agreeable to other people. We're trying to be overly helpful. We're going out of our way to, to make other people happy. The primary concern is to make someone else happy. But really, the, the response at stage four is a more of a freeze response, where we become numb and stuck. Now, you might be here listening today and you're thinking, wow, the other stages were so much fun. It's about meeting the Lord and growing in him and serving and giving. And now this is a tough stage. But the truth is, as I listen, I, I recognize this because I've had all these questions in my life as well. And if we want to move out of this stage, we have to learn how to let go of our self-centeredness and accept God's purpose in our life. We have to seek wholeness through personal healing and pilgrimage, maybe. We have to be willing to do whatever it takes to know the Lord, but it's not easy. And in the second half of the show, we're actually going to talk about this wall. And we're going to talk about overcoming this wall. So I want you to keep listening in. I'm so grateful that you're listening here today. We're going to be back Here in just a minute So stay tuned You're listening right now To your discipleship coach Partnering with you To fulfill God's purpose In your life I'm Michael Smith Here to encourage you To apply biblical truth To everyday life As you pursue Christ You're listening now On AM 1160 Hope for your life (laughs) well thank you for staying tuned to your discipleship coach as we continue a conversation about the critical journey of our faith as you're listening in this is part three of a four-part mini-series on the critical journey and through the series we've been talking about the recognition of god where i have found god We've talked about the life of discipleship and spiritual growth and belonging. We've talked about the productive life, serving and making a difference. Today, we're talking about the inward journey. And as we've talked about that in the front half of the show, I've mentioned this word called the wall. The wall is a spiritual description of of our faith when we seem to come against a spiritual wall. So the wall exists within stage four of the critical journey, the journey inward. The wall and the journey inward are, are connected. They are closely related. The wall drives us into a spiritual journey inward. And in some cases, people feel, feel compelled to move into an inward journey that eventually leads them to a spiritual wall. Now, this is interesting if you think about your life and, and, and encountering a spiritual wall. We're going to talk about it the entire second half of this show. But first, let us frame it like this, that the wall is not necessarily a one-time event. Think of the wall, your spiritual wall, more as a phase or a stage of your spiritual journey. You know, it's been said, I did some research that up to 85% of people who identify themselves as evangelical actually never get through the wall. And it's, it's the next stages, five and six, that become the glorious stages of our faith. And yet many, many believers never make it through the wall. Often our image of God and who we see God to be doesn't allow us to navigate the difficulty with the strength of the Lord. And what happens as we face a spiritual wall or an extended dry time or wondering if God is, is active, we grow discouraged. And as you're listening today, and I, I even state what I do to encourage you to apply biblical truth in your everyday life, and yet we need it because some of us, as we listen today, are at the wall. Or maybe we have relatives or children at the wall. And, and, and what the experience is when you're at the wall is an experience of discouragement. It's not working. And you're asking, is God real? And you identify as some type of spiritual victim. And and during this stage at the wall, many people stop attending church. Uh, They may not completely abandon God, but they may exclude God from the rhythms of their life. You can still talk the talk when you're around people at church, but you don't necessarily, when you're at the wall, buy into Biblical truth. See, often you fail to see the larger picture of God's transforming work during your season at the wall. I want to tell you something. If you're listening today and you've experienced finding God and, and you've been productive and you've been serving and, and all of the phases that we've talked about so far, and yet you find yourself now questioning something and feeling like you're at a spiritual wall. I want to let you know, this is a normal stage in your critical faith journey. It's good to ask questions. You know, I think about it like this. I can think of, of my experience. I have uh, grandparents and my grandparents had a firsthand revelation of God. They experienced God. They became Christians. They followed the Lord. And, and in response, they developed Sort of a list of do's and don'ts. So, as a believer, I do this, or as a believer, I don't do that. Well, my parents were kind of a secondhand generation. They received the blessing of their parents. They were exposed to their parents' experience, and and they also enjoyed their own experience. But the do's and the don'ts of their parents were accepted by my parents. They actually would have maybe modified them, but they. They understood them. When you get to the third generation, there's a disconnect between the spirituality and what your family has determined as the do's and the don'ts of the Christian faith. Potentially, a watered down experience might exist, but it's certainly not firsthand like grandma and grandpa. Well, the whether it's the third or fourth or sometimes fifth generation, history says that that generation experiences no meaningful, spiritual experience. Now, every generation will face a wall. They will just face it differently. So, I don't know where you are if you're first generation believer, second generation, third generation, or maybe you're just curious. A wall is part of the journey, yet God is at work when you face the wall. God works in your life. See, at the wall, there's a I'll describe it as a disorientation. There's pain. Uh, The present circumstances actually blind us to God's grand power. And we can feel unsuccessful spiritually. We can feel alone, like other people don't understand what we're, we're facing, the wall. See, many of the uncertainties... Uh, Many of the certainties of our past become uncertainties when we're at the wall. Many of the securities of our past become insecurities at the wall. And all of the things that we've believed in are unraveled and we're confronted with doubts and questions. And this leads to a crisis in our faith. And that is what the wall is. It's a crisis in our faith. See, it's at the wall that we begin to question ourselves. We begin to question God. We begin to question the church. And we discover that for the first time that our faith doesn't appear to be working. We have more questions than answers. And as the very foundation of our faith, it feels like it's been been yanked from underneath us. When we go through the wall, let me just reiterate some of the words that we face. Discomfort. We're not comfortable because there's tension in our life surrender we don't know all the things we've surrendered to in the past seem to be confusing and we don't know where our loyalties lie and where we need to surrender but what we need to experience would be healing that god would heal us in a way that we can navigate the wall with his strength and find victory and get over the wall what we will experience in successfully overcoming these doubts is awareness forgiveness We know that there's risk at the wall, but we have to learn this, that God accepts you. He accepts your questions. He knows you and he loves you. We will at the wall through crisis, through questions, it makes it look confusing, but we have opportunity to be close to God. Actually, what happens at the wall is discernment. Oftentimes we find places of solitude and times of oh, reflection. And this is how we go through the wall. It's not easy. It's difficult. Sometimes we feel alone, but we learn through the wall that God is with us, that God truly never leaves us, that God truly never forsakes us. There's a great historic author named St. John of the Cross. He actually writes about the wall. And when he writes about it, he writes about it And he calls the wall the dark night of the soul. So he describes, St. John of the Cross describes the critical journey in three phases, not not six, like the critical journey we're talking about, the book, uh, by Hagberg and Gulich. But St. John of the Cross describes it in three levels, beginners, progressives, and perfect. To move on to the beginning stage, St. John of the Cross argues that there's a requirement of the dark night of the soul or facing a spiritual wall. It's the ordinary way of Christian growth. So I want to just pause as you, as you have heard this conversation today about the difficult times in our faith, that it's, it's someone like a discipleship coach that can serve as a safe friend for you to process when you face a spiritual wall. See, it's a discipleship coach that will walk with you that holds no judgment as to where you are spiritually. It's a discipleship coach that will be a partner with you to explore, that will walk with you in your learning, that will support you as you shift and, and go through the dark night of your soul. It's a discipleship coach will help you act on the learning as you're sensitive to, to the Lord. But but I love this, that a discipleship coach helps you gain clarity. A discipleship coach offers support. Actually, a discipleship coach is a collaborator. With that, you might be facing the dark night of the soul. You might be up against the spiritual wall, and you might say, I would love to work with a discipleship coach. I have an answer for you. If you visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, We offer a free coaching readiness questionnaire. Fill that out. We'll get back with you. And we want to help you get over the wall. You know, as you engage with your discipleship coach, you can follow us on social media. You can follow this show and our podcast. But I want to just take a minute and say thank you for listening. And thank you to those who are sponsoring your discipleship coach. Today's show has been brought to you by our sponsors. Heritage Counseling Center at heritagecounseling.com, Chicago Indian Church at com, and Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit University university.com. Hey, thanks for listening today to your discipleship coach. I want you to know that I am for you and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Thanks for listening today on AM 1160. Hope for your life.
1: Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life.